Hi there everyone, it's a Sunday evening and you're watching 67 Hail Hail Live with me, Hamish, a very hoarse Hamish. John, hoarse you may Hamish. have to do a, a lot of the talking in this video, mate, because as you can no doubt hear and probably even see in my face, it was a long night. Well, as regular viewers of the channel will know, it takes a lot to shut me up, so so you might be all right. I've seen your Instagram stories, Hamish, I've seen your um, mm. strutting your stuff on the dance floor last night, so I'm not surprised you're feeling a bit rough. Even at eight o'clock at night. I know, imagine with one. Imagine what the party would have been like. <laughs> um, you seem in a chipper mood, though. Not, not that you aren't always. No, I'm always in a chipper mood. I'm, I'm feeling pretty optimistic at the moment. I'm, I'm feeling... I'm feeling a gradual flow towards the end of the season here, um, and I'm, I'm feeling pretty happy about it. We're, I've we're already going had to get an absolute nightmare, John, because it's Monday, it's not Sunday, and I think I introduced it by saying it's Sunday. <laughs> it's not going to be my day, is it? It's not going to be my video. <laughs> excellent, excellent. I didn't even pick that up, so um, shout out to the chat for, for bringing that to our attention. It is Monday. It's 8 o'clock on a Monday, a bank holiday Monday, um, so we're all good. Can we do a sub? Can we get like Stevie or Asim in to host this? Because I'm all over the place. Um, well, maybe we wouldn't get Steve in to chat about days, actually. He's not got a great track record there. Thoughts on yesterday, John? How, what did you make of both the game and the overall picture afterwards? Yeah, it's, it's two things. You've got to split it, I think. Because I think if you go and say, oh, you were delighted by yesterday, you know, I don't think it tells the story of the game. And, you know, I was a sense of disappointment in, in the performance on the afternoon. And I say disappointment just because I felt it was a good opportunity. You know, I felt like there was a sense of expectation among supporters, just felt like the chance to really grind it into Rangers this season. But, like, I've long maintained, and, and you, you know I have, that this season was never about dominating Rangers. And I, I don't think it was ever about being, you know, streaks ahead of them. And I don't think we are on, on the day. Like, there's been a lot of nonsense in the aftermath about how, you know, from that side of the city, of course, about how, they're actually the better team. Well, Celtic are obviously the better team, but I think when the two teams play, they're it's very tight. Um, and I think, it, you know, I think if you look at the overall record of, of the derbies this season, two wins apiece and a draw, I think that's probably a pretty fair, fair reflection. Um, so there was a sense of disappointment because they thought it was an opportunity, but obviously the big picture is is fantastic for us. I think a, a draw is is a good result out of that game. And I think Ange summed that up after the match. And I think, you know, you saw from Giovanni Van Bronckhorst's reaction that, you know, he was disappointed with the draw. So I think that's what you need to take away from it, ultimately. And um, we're still well on course. We're well on course here. So um, I was a sl slightly disappointed by the performance. I think there's definitely some aspects of that team that, that didn't really get into what yesterday was, especially in that second half. We just lost control of it, basically, um, in, in that final 20 minutes. But again, I think the big picture doesn't form that. Um, in the sense that that was Rangers' last chance to win, mm -hmm. and they threw everything at that last twenty minutes. Nothing to lose. Yeah, nothing to lose, um, and and they didn't get there. And I, essentially, we got a result that is good for our title bid, and they didn't. And and that's really all there is to it. Yeah, we're in a stronger position now than we were before the game. I mean. I was pretty certain, I think the same as you, prior to the game, that Celtic would be champions. I think we've felt that way for a while, probably since Ibrox. But even more so now, I mean, it's 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 an absolute shoe-in. Yesterday was the only opportunity Rangers had to kind of plant some seed, seeds of doubt in our mind. And if they had have won the game yesterday, we'd be doing a very different video right now. We'd be chatting about how big a game Hearts would be on Saturday. It obviously still is a big game. But that was their one opportunity. And as much as a point is a decent result for them coming to Celtic Park after Thursday, etc., it was a decent result for us as well, all things considered. 
I was having a chat in the pub, funnily enough, after the game, and you've got the kind of, I don't know, bravado or whatever you want to call it of some Celtic fans or Rangers are crap, Rangers are this, Rangers are that. But I think there seems to be a growing feeling amongst a lot of Celtic fans that as much as we don't like them, and, and by the way, they, they, they have trouble admitting that we're a good team for some daft reason. They're really struggling to do that across the city. I think you have to admit that, that this Rangers team is a decent side. It's not the Rangers team of, of a few says, years yeah. ago. I think at the moment in Scottish football, we've got two pretty good teams. And it probably says more about Celtic, the fact that we've been just that bit better this season, six points better this season, given that they've been together for so long. They've achieved... Well, trophy-wise, not achieved much, but in terms of the growth of that Rangers team, the, the the main kind of part of that team, the nucleus, has been together for, what, three seasons, four seasons? This is a newly formed Celtic team, and, you know, we're, we're going to win the league against what I think is a, a pretty decent Rangers team. We'd probably take more satisfaction in that as well. Yeah, I, I certainly do. You know, I'm not going to sit here and, and go through all their strengths because that's not what this channel is all about, but I will say, like, it is... It's the strongest team at Vibrox, you know, for a decade, you know, uh, you know, over a decade probably, um, and you've you've got to say you've got to give credit for, to Celtic and to this manager and to the players for looking like we're on our way to winning the league against a team like that who are doing well in Europe and are are showing up well on that front. Like that's a significant achievement for Celtic, and I'm happy to talk that up if it if it means admitting that they're a decent team. Um, and I think they are. And I think, as as I just said, I think the Derby record of Rams this season, um, I think, kind of pretty much tells the story of how, of how the games have gone. The, the heartening thing for Celtic is, is that I think we won the... I know it's easy to say this now, but I genuinely think we won the games that really mattered when the heat was really on in the title race. Um, you know, there was that first game at Ibrox, which was obviously important, but... You know, Celtic hadn't even completed the transfer window at that point. I mean, we've we've said it on multiple occasions, but the team we fielded at Ibrox that day is completely different to the one that we've got now. Um, and then we, we won the, the game in February. That was a huge game. Going into that yeah. game, Rangers and the Rangers supporters going into that game at Celtic Park in February were still confident that we're going to win the league. They were still very confident that they were going to get the job done. And Celtic annihilated them that night in that first half. It was it was a special derby performance. It's the best half either team has played in the derby all season. Mm-hmm. Um, and and again, the biggest game of our season was when we went to Ibrox and beat them. That was the we one, wasn't Ibrox. it? Yeah, that, that was that's the real moment you look at when it was at a crossroads. Yeah, absolutely. And and even that was another game that they felt if they won, they could still have a good chance of going on going on to win. It'd be level and now. Yeah, and we, we shut them up. And so I've, you know, you've got to give credit to the the way that the, this Celtic team have dug the big results in the derbies out of the bag this season. Obviously, the black mark is the semi final. We've been over that. And again, that's that was another bonus for Celtic this season. Everyone at the start of the season, everyone, Celtic supporters, Rangers supporters, were saying this is the most important league in years because of the implication it has in terms of Champions League, etc. And Celtic have managed to to build a team and just managed to build a team in the short period of time he's been here that not only competes with Rangers, but can legitimately say they are the best team in Scotland. And they are the best team in Scotland. There's no doubt about it. A lot of deflection 
going on across the city, isn't there? This uh, handing out trophies for certain things, people staring people down and teams apparently having the better of, of other teams. I think, you know, if you look at the last three derbies, that's probably the, the obvious thing to do because they've all been over the last month. I think you would argue the fair result in all three of them. Uh, I think we were the much better team at Ibrox, deserved to win that game probably by more than a goal. I think equally at Hamden, they, they should have won that game probably in 90 minutes, given the way the game went. And I think yesterday a draw was probably the, the, the fair result. This kind of narrative that I've seen forming a bit that Rangers have a number in these fixtures and that Rangers were you know, the, the dominant team yesterday. I, I don't know what match people were watching. I think, yes, yeah, sure, Rangers had probably two really, really good chances late on or in the last kind of 20 minutes to win that game. And that probably clouds people's minds because it's, you know, the recency bias. But Celtic had probably more, probably three, four really clear-cut opportunities in addition to the goal. You know, Maida misses two that he should have scored both. Let's be honest, the one he blazes over the bar and the header where he just needs to be braver. The one I forgot about on the reaction yesterday was the Jota header yeah. right after the goal, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. he has Kyogo, I think, next to him. He could chase it down, he mm -hmm. could play it to Kyogo. That has to be a goal as well. Celtic could have been 3-0 up at that stage and the Rangers fight back wouldn't have mattered. So I'm going a long way around uh, of uh, way of saying that this Celtic team is nowhere near as bad in these fixtures as has been made out by people no, across the city. And I think it's just, I mean, is it just kind of trying to cloud the judgment of people and, and take away from the fact that they've failed in their big target this season? There's a lot, there is a lot of distraction and deflection going on, isn't there? Mate, it's a coping mechanism. It's like as yeah. simple as that. It's like they've, they've had a tough season. Celtic have clawed back what was a monumental gap. The narrative going into the season, and everyone knows it, and they can rewrite history all they want, was that Celtic are dodging a season of domination from Rangers. There was high-profile pundits talking about Celtic finishing third. There was a lot of people about saying that Ange might not last till Christmas or October, whatever you want to put it. Um, and it, it's it's silly to suggest that what Celtic have done since then is, you know, nothing short of monumental. Like, and it is. I genuinely believe it is. It's, a spe it's been a special season. And I think what people who were disappointed with the performance yesterday need to remember, and I, and I accept that there, there was problems with the performance, but I think what they need to remember is that Ange has never said that Celtic are the finished product at the moment. In fact, he's expressly said the opposite on multiple occasions as recently as the, the last couple of months. Like He wants to take Celtic to another level, and what we need to see this summer is, is whether the club and Ange and the players are capable of doing that. And there's issues to address, and, and we'll talk about all that when Celtic get over the line. Because I, I think there's also a kind of we, we don't want to we don't want to talk ourselves into a corner here in, in, in terms of like thinking too much about the future when there's so much to enjoy right now. Exactly. I think we should I think we should savor what this month is. I think we should savor Celtic getting over the line eventually, which I think they will do, obviously. Um, and and just enjoy what what the journey this season has been and what this this group of players have achieved because mm. they deserve the recognition for what they've done this season regardless of what they'll contribute to Celtic in the future they deserve the recognition of bringing Celtic to this point and beating a Rangers team that Rangers fans still feel proud of regardless of of what's happened this season so um, yeah definitely. We shouldn't be worried about the future at all. I think we should be really, really optimistic oh. about the future. I think, again, there's parts of the game yesterday and, you know, parts of this season, especially in Europe, probably Europe's probably the main one. 
that Bodo Glimp tie, I think, where you would look at parts of that Celtic team and the performances and think those are clear areas we need to improve next season. But I have complete faith in Ange, you know, doing that and improving the team, whether that be in player acquisitions in the summer, moving on players who maybe aren't good enough and just generally generally changing the kind of mindset. I think that's one of the things he's done at the club. He's changed the mindset from what he inherited when he came to the club in the summer to where we're at now, being Scotland's you know best team again. And I think if he can do that in Europe and keep us as Scotland's you know big team, there's there's great things to look forward to. And as I say, full belief in in Ange to do that. Um, we are now four points away from from clinching the league. I'll put the the league table on screen. So it's a maximum of four points. Rangers have eighty points, as you can see. They can only get on to eighty nine. That's the maximum they can get this season. We can be in eighty nine at two o'clock on Saturday if we beat Hearts at Celtic Park. And while 90 is the number we need to get to to actually be crowned champions before the final week, that is 89's basically job done, John, when you look at that goal difference. I mean, 19 goals isn't getting turned over in, in three games for each team. Um, so it's it's one win away. We did get a comment in there from uh, Mazar, who was actually saying that the one slight disappointment yesterday was that it's now not going to be clinched at Celtic Park. It looks like it's going to be mm. over in the, the East Coast um, at Tannadice. Yeah, well, there's been some. There's been a fantastic title win at Tannadice before. I think, you know, that's good for the way support there. They've, they've enjoyed as much of this um, season at Celtic than anyone. Um, so I wouldn't begrudge them that opportunity to, to live at large on Tayside. But... Again, I, I get it doesn't really matter who we clinch it against. I think people will just be delighted when we get there. I think there'll be another expecting atmosphere against Tarts on Saturday. Yeah. Um, and I think I win that day. People will feel like they've won the league, regardless of whether it's right. official or not. Uh, do you remember that game? Was it was it Rogers' first season or one of the Rogers seasons? I think when we won a game against Tarts, and it, I don't think I think it was, it was Dyla's second season because we beat them. Be I think enough. four one. And then, cause, yeah, because remember the following week we had the weird Aberdeen home game where we basically had to lose like 5-0 not to win the league. And I think we ended mm. up doing it in typical dial of fashion and like going 3-0 up after 20 minutes and ended up only winning at 3-2. And it was the biggest anti-climax ever. That's probably a point to, to raise now because we're still in a great position. We know that we're going to win the league. How important is it how we win the league now? Because, you know, we want to send ourselves into the summer. It's going to be a successful season, whatever happens, even if we limp over the line against Motherwell, which obviously don't happen, I hope happen at all. But how important is it that we win it in style with a couple of really good victories against Hearts and Dundee United? It's as important as any week we play with style, I think, Hamish. You know, I mean, you just, I mean, remember the, the St Johnston game not that long ago. Like, that was a thrilling day to be a supporter of Celtic. There'll be a, a, an excited and buoyant atmosphere regardless of how we win the title. But if we do do it in style, I think it only adds to that. And Ange will be telling the players, like, Ange has been said that already. He doesn't want to... It's not about getting over the line. It's about running through it or something, he, he said and then prior to the Rangers game. And we didn't manage to quite do that in the derby. But as as everyone's been saying, Rangers didn't stop us yesterday. They only delayed us. And and I think that you know, it is important to put for Celtic the Celtic team to entertain the supporters because watching Celtic win football games and playing nice football is one of the biggest joys in the world. So it's, it is important. Um, but big picture, again, is just about lifting the trophy, isn't it? I mean, it's still about lifting the trophy. It's about having a trophy day at Celtic Park. And it's about everyone being teary-eyed when Ange takes the mic for whatever he says over the PA system. 
um, because I, I guarantee that that'll be a big moment for the sport. And I think the message of Ange that day will be that just like Neil Lennon was, that this is just the start of something. And I think everyone will be stressing that as they take over the next couple of months. And it's up on them to deliver. I mean, again, I know we don't want to look too far into the future, and I'm not sure if you, you were going to bring this up, but the significant news today is that Russian teams have been banned from the Champions League next season, and the, the Scottish Premiership winners will go directly into the group stages of the Champions League with no qualifiers, none of that. And it would be the first time since 2008 that Celtic haven't played a European qualifier in the summer, which is significant. I hate the summer qualifiers. I absolutely detest them. Oh, you don't. You love them. You love the I, drama. I, I hate it. And I always think we're unprepared. And I always yeah. think we, 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 we're never convincing in them, even when we do make it to, to a group stage. It's always the most nervy and crazy ride possible with players out of position and new players coming into the club. And I, I think that's that. I think that sets us up really well if we can win this league, go directly into a group stage of the UEFA Champions League. Think about what we've got to look forward to over the summer. I mean, I would just, I would be so excited about Celtic going back into that Champions League. Everyone knows that Celtic fans appreciate European football, and everyone knows we savour that Champions League anthem. It would be massive. It'd be big time. It'd be box office. And I think it'd be it'd be good for. The people who follow our channel who are just Ange fans, I know we've got a lot of just Ange fans on this channel, Australians. Like, how proud would it be for them to see an Australian manager go into the Champions League too? So that's, I can't get that thought out of my head. It's just about what's ahead. I'm just, I'm really excited about what's ahead. Um, and yeah, I hope that everyone feels like that at the end of the season, regardless of how we do the title, whether it's winning the next three games, 3-0, or winning two of them, one nil, and drawing another. You know, um, it's about what's ahead. Yeah, I, I hear you totally. All, all that matters is that we win the league. But I need to to pose a, a hypothetical question that could become very real um, in a few days' time. So we beat Hearts on Saturday. We're nine clear. Rangers played Dundee United the following day. You know it's coming here. You can either win it by Rangers dropping points, or you can go against everything you stand for and hope that they get three points so that we can win it ourselves. What are you going for? And I want everyone else's replies as well. What, 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 you, what are you going for? Are you going to cheer Rangers on on Sunday if it means that we can win the league ourselves? Mate, I'm not shy enough to admit that I'm so bitter that I would not want Rangers to win in any scenario. That's how I feel about it. Would that be an anti-climax um, winning that way? No. No, we'd do a live stream, wouldn't we? We'd do a live stream right away. Yeah, it would be exciting. As I say... It's exciting to acknowledge what the team have managed to achieve this season. It feels like we're already halfway in that mode, if we're honest. Like, I don't want to take anything for granted. And I know the team have to work hard in these upcoming matches. But everyone feels like it's so close that it feels we're, we're already taking pride in it. And, and like, I was doing the, the Optus article this, like, yesterday. And my my message in that was, like, that's what I feel about this team. And, and Ange is, like, that's the word that sums up its pride. Because, and I know Ange said this in at the PFA Awards last night, he was kind of asked about his critics at the start of the season. And it, for Ange, it's not about going back and revisiting that criticism. Like, he doesn't want to, he's not going to be digging up Hugh Keevans in a press conference um, over the next two months, do you know what I mean? Like, he's not going to be going back and, you know, slaughtering Alan Brazil and, and all that. That's not what Ange is all about, and he's, he's not going to get involved. But, but for the fans, the fans saw that all unfold. And they will remember, and I will remember, you will remember, everyone will remember. And for us, I think there is a, a real sense of satisfaction in that. And 
because we we saw what they were saying about Ange, we saw what they were saying about Celtic. They were, the, the predictions were mental, and we 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 had confidence and hope at the time, and we mm. pushed back against that. But having the evidence of a title win in your back pocket when you're doing that is is something else entirely. Um, so I I'm kind of I'm getting off, off tangent here, but what I'm saying is that. Regardless of how we do it, and again, I know you asked that question, regardless of how they do it, whether it's, you know, at Tannadice, whether it's on Sunday, whatever Rangers are up to at Ibrox, like it doesn't matter. It's about taking pride in this team and using that pride and being excited about the future of Celtic. Yeah, I've just thought of a completely off-the-cuff question that may be terrible and we'll get everyone else involved in the comments again. You speak about, you know, the Celtic support having that belief and I think Anne just spoken about the Leverkusen home game as being a, a kind of big moment for the team, a sink, sink or swim moment. I've spoken about it on the channel as well, I think, in a video earlier in the week. Is there a game or a moment you can put your finger on when you you were you were just completely confident that, that Ange was going to deliver for Celtic? Was was it really early? Mm, I, um, I, well, I'm on the, the Celtic floor on the huddle board and I started a thread in July or something saying I'm all in on Ange I just felt I could just I don't want to be I don't want to come across as saying that oh I predicted it and all that because it was probably more out of hope than anything as I've said on the channel before I'm not a football genius I'm not a guru um, I, I can't see these things in advance you know but I did have a real sense of hope and it was early on you know even early on like I know was Ange it in that kind of run of five home games that we had where we were just I mean because that was probably it for me it was Probably the Hearts, the the Hearts home game was the, the one when we in the League Cup when we obliterated them in the first half. That was when I think I said it on the reaction we were like playing Rod football that was even better than Brendan Rodgers' team at yeah. their peak. And we had that game at Jablin away in the qualifying. That was right. that was a kind of good signifier as well. Yeah, there was lots of little moments, and it was a tough period. And and again, I, but even when we were going through that period of five defeats and eight or whatever it was in September. I mean, every it's not a hidden game, and everyone knows it. But that that chip to Petodje and and beating yeah. Aberdeen after we got horsed off Leverkusen was just massive, and it, it really was. And I know, I know that's been well said by now. I'm not revealing it. I'm not providing any great insight into that. And it, but you know, the captain Cal McGregor was speaking about that again last week. Like that was huge for that team to go away to Petodje and win yeah. like like that. I think they felt. Um, I think that gave them belief after, especially after that Leverkusen game, because that was a bruising defeat. I know we, we didn't play horribly on the night against Leverkusen, but that was still a bruising defeat, and there was all sorts of questions being asked at that point. But even after that game, John, the players are walking mm. around, and Celtic fans stayed that night after a four 0 home win and clapped yeah, the players no, off. I and I, I remember that. Th this is and this is the point I've made all along. I mean, there's been a lot of chat about what, what belief Celtic fans did have in Ange. But they did from the very start. Even in his mm. very first home game, there was people, you know, applauding him onto the onto yep, the, onto the sidelines when he was do, when he was doing his interviews and stuff. Yeah, I was there. And I just feel like there's been a unity there all season. And I think winning football games has helped. I think having players in the team like Callum McGregor has helped because although last season was horrible and and Callum McGregor was part of that in the sense he was in the team, everyone. Every Celtic fan I know associates Callum McGregor with immense success at Celtic. Not as the captain, but as a midfielder in the Brendan Rodgers era and then in that, that first season under Neil Lennon. Like they associate McGregor with just constantly being in the team 
and it almost constantly went in. And so I think having him as a captain, even going into the season, although he was there last season, you, you could put your belief in to Callum McGregor that he would have that mentality to try and win again. And I think the way Callum really talked up the manager really early on, like, and I'm talking like June, July, Callum McGregor was saying, the manager's great, training's great, everything's great, we're buying into it. I think that really helped. And I think the communication coming out of Celtic this season has been so important in building this unity with the fans. I know it's about going to the games and I know it's about seeing the teams performing. And I'm not trying to I'm not trying to dilute that and I'm not trying to diminish that. But just the communication coming from the players and from the manager especially, I think he's built a real rapport with, with Celtic fans. I think he was he's a really easy man to get behind. And I think that communication and that and that kind of the power of language, as Ange puts it, has been so important to this Celtic project as, as much as anything else. It's been coming together. And I think, as you say, it's important because on nights like that Leverkusen night, when the, the supporters are still applauding the team after the game, it's just massive because it gave them the belief to go to Patoji. And if you remember, the fans at Patoji for that game were magnificent. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. was, that was magnificent. The fans at Livingston in, in, in 2022 magnificent, just pre-match, just absolutely rapturous response to the team coming onto the pitch. The fans, after the semi-final against Rangers when we lost, again, there was a mutual appreciation. And and I think having the fans there to to back the team up and what they want to do this season, even in hard moments, has been huge for, for the way the season has gone. Um, and I think supporters can take credit for that as well. And I think, I don't know if you agree with this, I feel like a, a large part of why the support has been so fully behind Ange right from the start is probably because he was written off. And I think this is something <laughs> Ange has actually touched on himself. If we'd have got someone in, dare I say it, a certain Englishman who's now managing Newcastle, maybe a, a more proven, well-known name in, in this part of the world, I don't think we would have had that same, same buy-in to the same extent as we have under Ange. I think everyone... I think everyone's got so so kind of far behind Ange for all the reasons you've listed, but also because we've kind of felt like we were kind of felt like he was down in the trenches with us as well and he was kind of fighting our corner. Celtic were trying to prove themselves and get back to where we should be after a terrible season. And at the kind of helm of the club, we had a guy who was doing the exact same and trying to improve, uh, to prove himself, certainly this side of the world. I've felt that right from the start, that Ange being written off by so many. Um, and, and yeah, there were some Celtic fans when his name was first mentioned, I think with the whole how disappointment, there was certainly a, a lot of scepticism. But I think when that subsided, you know, since that moment, the Celtic support have just been been fully behind him like I've never seen it. And I think a lot of that just comes from the fact that he was written off so heavily. And we've kind of felt like this is our guy and we're going to back him the whole way. And I think it's interesting to look forward and see how that's going to work its way out now because he's no longer going to be a guy proving himself, really. He's going to be well-known now. Um, maybe in Europe, you could argue, he still is. Were you looking <laughs> yeah. up something there? Yeah, I've got, I'm sorry. I, I know I was looking distracted there, but it's for a very, very good reason because there's a bit of breaking news at Celtic. I'm going to read this out. Um, Celtic Football Club is pleased to announce the appointment of Mark Lowell as head of first team scouting and recruitment. Mark joins Celtic from his position as head of City Football Group scouting mm -hmm. and recruitment within City Football Group's global structure, having spent the last 10 years there. Mark, who will join 
the club in readiness for the summer transfer window, previously worked closely with Celtic manager Ange Postacoglu on scouting and recruitment through Andres Tyne as manager of Yokohama F Marinos. Celtic manager Ange Postacoglu said, I was very keen for Matt to join the club and clearly I am delighted he's accepted this important role and that we've been able to bring him to Celtic. Mark is someone who I worked closely with throughout my four years at Marinos, through which time we developed great trust and an excellent working relationship. He knows the way I like to work, the way my teams play, and the particular player profile which this requires. So, obviously, let's not chat about this too much and, and give too many wild hot takes in the beginning, Hamish, but there is um, a number of issues here, not least that Mark Lowell is Peter Lowell's son. Yeah the former Celtic chief executive, which will raise all sorts of issues for a section of the Celtic support. There's a lot to get into there. That's going to be something that we need to dig into over time. Um, it's, I mean, <laughs> what's your initial thoughts, Amish? Well, that's the first thing that, that springs out is is Law. The, 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 the other thing is that, that Peter Law was at the recent B-team game I was at. I thought that was interesting. Um, Andrew was obviously at that game as well. I don't know if... Uh, Lowell Jr. was was there as well. Was it Mark? Sorry, Mark Lowell. Mark Lowell, yeah. Yeah. Um, as you say, he obviously has a relationship with Ange. Um, Ange, clearly, I think Ange sounds like he's quite pleased with that as someone he, he knows well. And I think as much as, you know, that I think there will be a, a fair bit of scepticism towards the, the appointment of Lowell back at Celtic. Um, I think if it's something that Ange feels is going to, you know, help Celtic's recruitment, which... You know, it, it clearly will, I think. Um it's someone Ange trusts and I think that's that's good. It's more evidence of of Celtic getting a team together for Ange. We, we, we've appointed mm -hmm. a few people and I think you actually asked about it a couple of weeks ago, didn't you? About did, yeah. um, you know, staff appointments and he, he obviously didn't give much away at all. Um I don't know that again, this might this might age terribly. I I, my kind of overriding thing would be that's that's a decent move if it's something Ange is a, a fan of. I understand you mean to be the one to rush into what our thoughts are. It, it, it will take time. It's to sorted tomorrow's video, to by the way. That's one thing. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think initially, I can understand why people will be automatically in uproar that it's a Lawwell appointment and all that. But I think there has been a, a recognition from the club that Andrew's links with the City fo Football Group and the Lawwell links with the City Football Group did play a part in bringing Ange to the club in the first place. Um, so there is that. Um, I think the fact that we're having someone who will be a point man on transfers and recruitment this summer is huge because if you remember back to, you know, regardless of who it is, because if you remember back to last season, there was a lot of confusion about who was actually calling, not not calling the shots because Ange does have a, have a say in who comes to the club, but who was handling negotiations and who was getting involved in negotiations. I think what you can at least say about Mark Gowell is that he has worked for the City Football Group for a number of years. He's not been appointed into the job out of sheer nepotism because of who he is when he has worked for one of the, you know, a principal footballing group in world football. So I think you can say that he's at least experienced in the role. So we just need to see how it plays out. I'm not going to, you know, I, I don't know whether it'll be a success, as, as, as I've said, but the proof will be in what Celtic do this summer and the proof will be in, in the kind of players that we can bring to the club over the next few months. So we'll just need to wait and see in it. So that's obviously a, a new job title, isn't it? Head of First Team Scouting and Recruitment. Is that what, you know, Messrs Congerton and that other guy yeah. Hammond were, were doing? I, I believe it'll be essentially the, the, the same role. The more encompassing honestly. type thing. Yeah, yeah, it might be. 
I think I, I mean, I, as you kind of says in the statement, I imagine that you'll be working pretty closely with Angier. Um, it's uh, it's an interesting one. It's interesting breaking news <laughs> to come along when we're in the middle of a live stream. Um, but if you if they bring good players to the club and the players play well under Ange, that's all that matters for them. Right, we'll do, I think, a proper dive into um, Mark Lowell, whose name I will have mastered this time tomorrow, I promise. I'll, I'll maybe try and speak to someone about him as well. Um, now that I've promised that, I'll need to deliver tomorrow. It's going to be a busy day, but it's good to get our teeth into a bit of news. Um, interesting, right? We'll, uh, we'll hold fire on any other things to say before we find out more. Um, do, do you want to look into things we can learn from yesterday's game? Is there anything you want to go off your chest? I, I've got a few wee things. Um yeah midfield maybe a little bit light for these fixtures at times certainly mm. the last couple of games I, I did feel that, that as much as we've been joking about him being an apparent hard man staring at people after the game I did feel that we kind of let Lundstrom away with it a little bit again yesterday I, I do feel that sometimes that Celtic midfield certainly the last couple of games has, has lacked a little bit of muscle there um, I think in the summer if you're asking me what I would like to see done um, I think I'd probably like a, a, a bit more of a presence, a, a kind of um, strong defensive midfielder who, who, I don't want to just say like a Wanyama or someone like that, but someone even like a Kayal or someone like that who, you know, could, could come in and, and play in that role in games and could allow us to move Callum McGregor one up. I think that's something that could be pretty useful in Europe as well. I just feel that as much as Ange always wants to attack these games, Sometimes having you know a, a Rogic and Hatati or a Hatati and O'Reilly as it was yesterday s hasn't really worked in the last couple of games. I, I just, I mean, I, I get also that Hatati's quite tired, and it, I think we'll see a totally mm. different Hatati, you know, at the start of next season. Um, but that that's kind of opened up a little bit of a a, a thought for me. Yeah, I, I can see why you're thinking that. For me, it was like it was it was less it was less about that. Even it was just more not not doing what we. Would usually do under Ange against a lesser team. Like when we play a better level of opponent, we're just not as fluent as playing out of our own half. Um, and it does need addressed. But maybe we need more people that are more comfortable on the on the on the ball in those positions. Um, it's it's a difficult one. Like even in the first 10, 15 minutes, like even Kyle McGregor was was pretty careless with the ball. I just think mm. I just thought there was a carelessness with with the football yesterday. I don't think we were looking after it enough. And I know Ange always wants to play forward, and sometimes that results in a more direct ball forward than perhaps we'd have liked. And and we, we didn't get a hold of that again, you know. And I, apart from like the first five or ten minutes that Jackamakis was on the pitch, and until he got booked, really, um, we were was, kind of, I thought he was amazing when he came on for the first. Yeah, five, he, 10 he was. Minutes. He was kind of helping make the ball stick and and yeah, opposition half. So. Uh, you, there, there was concerns in, in the midfield area. I think it's undeniable. I don't think anyone who watched that game of football and, and thought that the Celtic midfield but just a per perfect performance, um, they, they would certainly be wrong in that regard. So it is something we need to address. I don't know if it's about bringing in new personnel. I don't know whether it's just about betting on Hitate being fresher than new season or whether it's about that. Um, but it's something that you know the club need to address. I mean, the, rep the reports indicate that the priorities for Celtic and the transfer window, I think this came from the Athletic, was a left-back, was a ball play in centre-half, which would address the issue that I'm talking about in terms of being more comfortable and playing out from the back and and driving into midfield. Um, I mean, there was that Starfelt Mazier on yesterday that you'll remember, but I, I almost think we need more bravery from our centre-half sometimes. I think 
sometimes a bit too safe. And it, it you know, it's not even too safe because actually by playing too safe, it becomes a riskier pro- prospect because we gradually get throttled into areas that we're not comfortable with. And then the ball goes between the defence and, and the goalkeeper in ways that sees the half the stadium tearing their hair out. Um, so that is an issue going forward. And then the other issue, the other position that I think the club want to address is at is right wing. Obviously, we need to see how the Jota and, and the, the CCV kind of situations pan out. But I would be surprised if the Celtic if Celtic went looking for a midfielder as well. But it's difficult because you're looking at the person that would we, would probably need to say move some people on. We've got Ismail Soro in the background still kind of training with the team, but nowhere. James McCarthy's not really done a lot this season. We've got um, Idiguchi as well, who Anne said in a press conference last week he feels he can still play a strong role at Celtic. Obviously, hasn't happened this season. Maybe Anne just thinking he's another one for next season. Um, and then you've got near Beaton as well, but we, we, we probably do need a higher quality. If we're, we're thinking about going into these Champions League group stages, you want a higher quality midfielder in there mm-hmm. available to kind of rotate between these options. I think he's going to be completely ruthless as well, Ange. I don't get the impression he's the kind of guy who will just keep guys around, you know, because they've done a job for him in the past. I think if he thinks Celtic can upgrade in a position, I, I think I think he'll be yeah. completely ruthless. And, and it, it, it may be it may be tough on guys like Beaton, but. Can you do better than near Beaton? Quite possibly. I, I think that's why Ange will be... Par- and I'm not trying to dodge the question. I think that's why Ange will be parking all that chat until after the end of the season. Because I do think the, I do think the manager, and I do think fans should as well, should recognise what's been achieved this season by this group of players, and then we can look ahead and to who needs to go and who needs not to. But I do agree there's significant upgrades needed in the team to bring this team to the next level that everyone wants Celtic to be that and hopefully we do see that over the next month and hopefully Mr Mark Lawwell is a significant contributor to that yeah but again we're not talking about maintaining Celtic like we may have in no. the past we may have thought oh yeah just keep things going we're doing alright we've won the league by you know how many points this season Andrew's going to want us to make an impression in Europe in fact I think he was quoted last night as saying something along the lines of wanting people to, to know Celtic for what he does in Europe. So, And obviously we've spoken to numerous former players of Ange and they all seem to think that Europe is, is where he will look to, to make his mark with Celtic. I think I'd love to actually ask Ange about that. Maybe I will at some stage. Um, I think that's where he'll see you know Celtic really making you know his name uh, as, a, as a manager here. And I think he'll, he'll be ruthless, as I say. So exciting times ahead. Um, awards last night mm. while I was uh, enjoying myself there were various awards getting dished out um, you were on top of the situation do you want to just let us know kind of what went down yeah so there was two award events last night there was the PFA Scotland awards and there was a Celtic awards themselves. what is that about why were they in the same night I don't know it's strange there Weird. may be limited spaces at the Hilton's in the town <laughs> <laughs> because the the writers award is next week as well it's next Sunday um, so there'll be more awards to come. At the PFA Scotland event, Celtic pretty much dominated. Um, Tom Rogic won goal of the season for his goal against Dundee United at Tannadice. Callum McGregor won player of the year. Lyle Abada won young player of the year. Jacinta in the women's team won the women's young player of the year. And Ange Postacoglu won the manager of the year. Um, so utter domination there. At the Celtic event, it's obviously all Celtic winners. Uh, Stephen Welsh won the Celtic Academy player of the year. I believe, if I recall correctly. The late, great Wim Janssen won a Special Achievement Award and it was picked up by his family. 
Um, I think there was there's interviews on Celtic social media and stuff if you want to go and check out that kind of thing. That was good. Um, Kyogo won the top goal scorer award. He's got 17 at the moment. I think it's only really a badder that can overtake him in the last few games, but he gets the trophy. Jakimakis must be in there, no? I think Jakimakis got 13 or something, 13 or 14. Right, okay. I know he can, he could take over, but it's only three games left now. Yeah. Um, Kyogo also won the goal of the season, the Celtic goal of the season award for his second goal against um Hibernian nice. in the League Cup final. Mm. Um, Callum McGregor won the Players Player of the Year voted on by, by the players and he won the Player of the Year voted on by the fans. Lyla Bada won the Young Player of the Year voted on by the fans. So significant crossover between two events. In my opinion, the awards almost unanimously deserved. I think Callum McGregor was my pick for Player of the Year. And I think Lyla Bada, 20 years old, he's got significant yeah. potential. His contribution this season has been massive, so well deserved there too. And Ange, obviously, for me, manager of the year for what he's managed to do at Celtic. I'm stunned about that. I'm stunned you think Ange is the best manager. <laughs> what about uh, Celtic fan media personnel of the year? Who, who got that? Uh, we'll give that to the Ewan. We'll give it to Ewan, who is no longer <laughs> with 67 Halo, who has moved on to a new job. Um, I know a lot of people have been asking in the comments, and I've been trying to reply to them and say, Ewan's not on the channel anymore because he's moved on to a new job. Um, we didn't, we didn't punt him. He's moved, he's moved on. People looking for drama. They want, they yeah. want to know there was a massive falling out. There was. No, we love you. No, no falling out. Ewan is one of the nicest guys going, and he just moved into a new area in his work life. And to be fair to him, reclaiming Celtic as a hobby and a passion first and foremost. So fair play to him. Yeah. I think he's been enjoying himself watching games and not having to, to chat about them afterwards. Anything else happening? What have we got? A few days leading into the big one. It's Saturday, so we've not got long to wait. Someone pointed out earlier as well that Tanadice afterwards will be the following midweek. So, you know, this is this is going to be wrapped up very, very soon now. And we've got all that to look forward to. It's going to be an exciting couple of weeks, Mish. This is why I'm chipper, as he said at the start of the show. Like, I'm just feeling pretty nice and happy about the way direction of Celtic and I think we've got a lot of good big moments to look forward to a lot of reflection to do and a lot of pride to take in Celtic the team the manager the club going forward and you're off to watch the snooker now well it might be over at this point someone in the chat oh, might tell it? me but Ronnie O'Sullivan was racing away with it the last time I looked the th thing enjoyed... he was fighting back wasn't he with Donald's um, Judd Trump was fighting yeah. back but I think he, he kind of lost his way again I've been enjoying the snooker this year I don't watch the snooker you know throughout the year, year a lot but I always try to check in on the world championships I find it the most relaxing thing in the world watching the snooker and I have been enjoying it this year. I was disappointed that John Higgins and Mark Williams didn't make it into the final well, it's 17-13 now to O'Sullivan um, and it's first 18 right. isn't it so that seems Fantastic. like it's as just as over as the, the Scottish Premiership title race, I think, John. Um, we'll say goodbye. Thanks for, for yes. tuning in and, and um, contributing to this video. Thanks, everyone, for, for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow, as we say, um, with the new video as... Oh, no, as we say, the new week begins. The new week began today, because today is Monday. Tomorrow will be Tuesday. We'll speak to you then. <laughs>